Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello and welcome to the new series of the Business of Psychology. Each series, we're taking a theme that matters to us in independent practice and going really deep on that topic. This time, we're focusing on fulfillment in independent practice. We've got some amazing interviews lined up for this series of psychologists and therapists finding fulfillment in inspiring ways. But before we get started with interviews, I wanted to bring you a short solo episode about a topic that often comes up when I'm talking to coaching clients who are thinking about growing their practice in pursuit of finding more fulfillment. And that is leadership. Growing your practice, whether that's with associates or another model, can allow you to do bigger, more impactful things like research, writing, training, working with organisations, the list goes on. But one thing I have realised is that if you're thinking of growing your practice beyond just you in a room, then you're stepping into a leadership role. Now, that might involve management of a team, but it might not. I've learned that leadership means a lot of different things. But one thing that really doesn't come naturally to me at all is management. And I've done a lot of reflecting about what is really required to lead a successful practice to growth recently because of some experiences I've had in my own work. I've also had the privilege of coaching many very successful psychologists who have grown very large practices, and I've noticed a few commonalities between them. So in this episode, I'm going to share the types of leadership that we need to show if we seriously want to grow our practice, whether that's into the online information space, through online courses, or by expanding um, our team and becoming an associate practice or a larger service. So there are a few different types of leadership. And as I said, some of them involve management and you've probably thought about those and others don't. And the first one I'm going to talk about actually isn't about management at all. And this is visionary leadership. Growth in your practice can't happen by accident because when it does, chaos usually follows. We need to provide the vision for the future of the practice so that anyone who joins us in a support role or as a clinical team member knows what we're expecting from them and what they should prioritise. They know where you're headed as a team. Being clear on your vision means knowing what you want to be known for. So what's your specialism? What's your angle or the message that makes your practice different from all the other psychology or therapy services out there? Are you a service that works with a group who are normally ignored? Or are you a service that offers a deeper deeper level of intervention than what's typically offered? A leader needs to be able to communicate that vision and the purpose of the business succinctly. So never neglect the big picture. Allow yourself time to think about it and get good at communicating it. And related to that is another type of leadership, which uh, Janet Murray has termed thought leadership and I've heard it called that in other places as well but most recently I heard it from Janet and that's really about building your authority and producing content that positions you as a leader in that particular specialism or field. So once you know 
what you want to be known for, you, you use thought leadership to prove your expertise and to contribute something, a legacy, if you like, to your field. So in the last season, we covered lots of things that you can do to start building authority and become a thought leader. So please do go back to that episode. But here I want to be clear that if you want to grow in any direction and any way, you do need to lean into that. You need to become a thought leader. So think about how your practice might be able to invest some time in research or developing a unique framework that contributes something to your specialist field. Not only will that bring you professional fulfillment, the purpose of these this series, but it gives people a reason to trust your business and it will make marketing so much easier for you because you'll have something that you're proud of to shout about out there rather than having to create, you know, reels that just don't feel that professionally fulfilling to you. So the third type of leadership I wanted to talk about is probably one that you have thought about before, uh, but that I'm not very good at. So I've been thinking about it a lot and that is team management. So leadership is about creating a vision and getting everybody on board with it. Management is more about having that willingness to coach people up to the standard that you want or expect from them, setting targets, holding people accountable to them, managing the finance of the business so that you can invest in developing your team and understanding that you have to do those things even if you're hiring freelancers. So I think I've been a little bit resistant to this role and I've tended to work with freelancers who basically say that they can do it all without any management, but that is never true. If you have a vision and there's a particular way that you want your service to run, you have to manage the people that you're hiring, even if they're freelancers. And that involves making tough decisions that might be unpopular so that you can shape and create the vision that you have for your practice. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not good at it, not naturally. And so I've invested a lot over the last year in learning about it, practicing, challenging myself to get better because this is required for successful growth. Otherwise, you just end up with you know, chaotic processes and challenges that really don't need to be there as you get bigger. And if you've got problems like this, when you're small, those problems will just be amplified as you get bigger. A lesson that I have learned, <laughs> so I wanted to share with you. Another slightly distinct but similar type of leadership is around leading and managing associates, other clinicians. And something I've noticed from the most successful associate practices, including some that I've interviewed um, on the business of psychology, like Melanie Lee and Shavnam Berry Khan, is that they recruit associates as though they were employees. They look for people who are excited to commit to the vision that they have, and they induct them into the culture of the team with formal training on systems and processes, often led by a good VA or practice manager, and they provide opportunities for supervision and professional development. And I think this is essential if you're gonna grow with associates. It will always be true that another clinician could earn more per session if they struck out on their own. So there has to be a compelling reason to work with your practice instead. A strong sense of purpose and community and co-worker relationships can be worth far more than simply the promise of marketing and admin. 
the commitment you get through fostering purpose and community is what you need to have that stability to go for bigger contracts and grow the practice. And also never forget that just like any other team member, you do need to manage associates. And that means if there's something that you want or expect, it's gotta be there in the contract and you have to be comfortable talking about it with your associates. This is really hard, really hard. Um, And I'm not coming from an expert position here, um, but I, I know that this stuff really, really matters. So if you know what your vision is for your associate practice, map out a job description that says exactly what you want, exactly what you need, what you expect, and how you're going to be measuring it, and hold people accountable to it. Now, they can always choose to walk. They're a freelancer. They can say, no, I don't like those expectations. This isn't the service for me. That is absolutely fine. We need to be comfortable with attracting the right people to work with us and also repelling people that aren't going to fit in with that vision. I think it's really easy to fall into the trap with associate work of trying to please your associates and serve them up exactly what they want from you all the time when actually it should be a reciprocal relationship. They're getting a lot from working with you that they wouldn't get if they were independent on their own. And you're obviously getting the benefit of their many years probably of expertise and their specialist area as well. So yes, we need to be very, very respectful and grateful for our associates, but remember that you offer them something too. And part of that is the shaping of the team, the service and the vision. So you need to do that part of the role. As we go through this series of the business of psychology, you're going to hear inspiring stories from people who've leaned into their roles as leaders in our field. I really hope you're going to find it helpful and thought provoking. Please do come and find me on Instagram at Rosie Gilderthorpe to let me know what you thought of this episode and what else you'd really like to hear about on the upcoming series of the Business of Psychology podcast. Is this the year that you take your private practice seriously? Maybe you're just starting out or perhaps you want to grow your practice with a team or passive income. Whatever stage you're at, I would love to support you. For new practices, I have our group coaching programme, Start and Grow, where you'll find all the support, resources and knowledge you need to create an impactful and rewarding practice. For more established practices, come and take a look at my coaching for growth. I have a couple of spots left for individual coaching, so let me help you get 2024 off to the best start possible. Thank you so much for listening to the Business of Psychology podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It helps more mental health professionals just like you to find us and it also means a lot to me personally when I read the reviews. Thank you in advance and we'll see you next week for another episode of Practical Strategy and Inspiration to move your independent practice forwards.